you have anything you want to talk about, share with other people, how about this one? I'm redeemed. 475. And let's sing all four stanzas of this good song by Fanny Crosby. song she sang, noticing the time she wrote about seeing the king, seeing the savior. That's what this song talks about too. 502, and let's sing verses 1, 2, and 4. Skip the third stanza. Let's just sing verses 1, 2, and 4. Of my savior, first of all. 502.
some folks, the fall season is a favorite season, and that's me. I love the fall season, and the fall season always reminds me, and it reminds us, when we think about it, that the seasons are changing, and it's routine. So, changes, routine changes. Uh, our four seasons are routine. And if you can name the four seasons, then you are smart. If you cannot name the four seasons, then you are not so smart. But the four seasons, four seasons, they always change. It's routine. It's so routine that there's a specific date for each new season. It's very routine. And so the official change is always going to come around every year. The four seasons come and they go. Now, good or bad, seasons come and seasons go and changes take place. I like the changes when it comes to the fall because uh, it's going to get cooler. Not so much in Hawaii, but it's going to get cooler. And um, uh, it's going to get cooler. And it's already cooler in Michigan and other parts of the U.S. Not so cool in California, but in higher elevations, it's going to be cooler. It's just the way it is. And then pretty soon, uh, October will be over. And in some places, like in Michigan, in the Upper Peninsula, it is already cool, cool, cool. And then it's going to turn to winter. And everybody likes winter. The first snowfall is really nice, but then when you have three more months of it, it's not so nice. But this is just seasonal things. And then spring rolls around. Everybody's happy for spring when it comes around. And then summer comes around. And everybody who is so happy that spring is, has come because it's now warmer, they're now complaining about the hot summertime. They're going to talk about climate change in the summertime. They don't talk about it in the wintertime, but in the summertime they do. Well, this is all seasonal change. It's routine. Changes, changes, changes. Changes are, first of all, routine, just like the seasons. And then there are unexpected changes. Changes that are unexpected, unplanned, unforeseen. It's a surprise, a surprise change. Uh, the non-routine changes, upsetting changes. Uh, in the last two or three years, we have heard about in our city, in Honolulu, in Oahu, old-time mom-and-pop restaurants closing down forever. Establishments, landmarks downtown Honolulu, closed down forever. Big box stores closing down. Big box stores, large retailers. Sears was once an anchor store at Alamona Mall. Who would have thought one day Sears would be gone from Alamona? And then Sears in Pearl Ridge. Who ever thought that Sears would be gone from Pearl Ridge one day? You've grown up around here. Sears is always there. It's in both locations. All of a sudden, they're gone for different reasons. Walmart closes. Who would have thought Walmart would close up? Downtown um, Bethel Street uh, and King Street closed down. Well, not so surprising that they closed down because of homeless people hanging around, scaring people away. Regular people don't want to come. They are afraid. And then you have theft. So in a way, that was almost, okay, it's, it's going to happen. People are not shop. And then these guys steal so much, it's going to do a lot of bad things to uh, the chain. And so that, in a sense, is not a surprise, but it's a surprise that a big box store like Walmart, uh, and, uh, that they would even close down locations. You have other restaurants, big name chain uh, restaurants, they're closing across the mainland. These are all changes that are unexpected, and uh, they are not a good thing when it happens. And so you have social, cultural changes. Social changes, cultural changes, pronouns. Who would ever thought that pronouns would be an issue in politics or in culture? When you were, if you're over 50, it was a given that a baby was going to be born, male or female. Sometimes it's kind of silly for people to say, oh, your baby was born, was it a boy or girl? What else would it be? A boy or a girl? What else would it be? Boy or girl? Got to be one or the other. And whoever thought that pronouns have such meaning now for some people and people who identify themselves as other than what their biological birth says. And so there's a list of pronouns that I have. I'm not going to read it tonight. It's not necessary. But uh, it's amazing how people can twist things around. And what is so obvious in nature now is debatable. Now we're going to deny what we are and pretend we're something else. Who would ever thought these changes would take place in our society, in our culture? Unforeseen, perhaps. Maybe not. Um, I was coming from Kanye, from a certain road, a routine drive, crossing Camp Highway, and it's very dark. And there's lights 
car lights, headlamps, street lights, and it's kind of, you kind of lose focus for just a second. I'm going to make a left turn, but I'm watching the car across from me coming this way. I'm watching what they're going to do. I don't trust people anymore. Uh, if they make a signal, it doesn't mean they're going to turn or they're not going to turn, whatever. I just got to be real careful. And the lady's over here. She's dressed in black, mid-30s, I think, maybe older. She's crossing the street. There's cars on this side at the red light. I'm coming here to make a left turn. I'm watching the car come like that. Watch what he's doing. And then I safe to make a left. I make a left turn and I see her at the corner of my eye. I didn't see her before because she was wearing black. So I stopped. I did not touch her. Did not hit her with the car. This was last night. She comes over there. She sees me. I'm moving toward her, but I stop. She cusses me out. And the car on this side honked the horn at me. Like, stop. Well, I did stop, but I didn't stop soon enough for her. So she cussed at me. The culture has gotten so coarse and so so aggressive, so offended. She could have easily waved at me, waited, you know, and I stopped and waved to her. She could have said, thank you. And she could have crossed. Instead, she had to get this tone like, what? Hey, what's the matter? You do you well, you had to how I know what you know, this attitude, attitude, attitude. So much of culture has changed for the worst. And with these passing days, it seems that it's going to get worse and worse. Up in northern D.C., I just heard a report today uh, on the Dinesh D'Souza program. Four to five high schoolers, or that kind of age, young people, they raided a CVS drugstore. And they took chips, drinks, everything else. And then the Fox report on this, what he gave, they showed the aisles of the CVS drugstore empty. The reporter says, you would think they're out of business, but no, all these Shells have been raided by 45 young people. They come before school, they come after school, they come in the evening. They take stuff to eat, potato chips and other things, and then uh, they throw the bags on the floor. They throw the empty plastic jar bottles on the floor. They make a mess. And the reporter says, the stores don't know what to do. Incredible that these kind of changes take place. A long time ago, when these things happened, if you stole a candy bar and the store owner caught you, you know who he would call? The first person he would call, the first question he would ask you is, what's your name? And what's your phone number? And you'd be so terrified, you'd give him your phone number. I'm gonna call your dad to come and pick you up. The phone was so old, he was on a little telephone cord connected to a rotary dial. <laughs> that old days, I'm going to call your dad. And uh, that's what they would do. He would stop this boy right then. You would not think about a gang. Can you imagine um, uh, Andy Griffith, Opie, having a gang, stealing stuff like that? I don't think you'd ever find that episode. It would be so out of the ordinary. Things have changed. So you have changes. It's routine changes, unexpected changes, good changes and bad changes. Then you have uh, hindrances to good change. Hindrances to change. Sometimes people ignore the problem and they downplay the problem, they trivialize the problem, and they don't do anything about it. They ignore problems, therefore there's no good change. They make excuses for the change, as in the CVS store, the management, we don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. Well, if you don't know what to do, maybe you should not be a manager if you don't know what to do. I think the pressure is so strong nowadays on businesses because they would be perceived as anti this anti that anti-race anti you know and, and so uh, they're so afraid of this now and the corporate headquarters they too encourage them to not do anything well it affects everybody but uh, hindrances to good change that people ignore the problems and people ignore the bible i'll come to proverbs chapter one who's the first to find it proverbs chapter one Timothy, again, he's fast, quick, good draw. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse number 5 and verse number 7. Read it out loud, please. A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain to, unto wise counsel. Okay, very good. Now read that again. I want to emphasize somewhat. Read that again. A wise man will hear. Stop, stop, stop. A wise man will do what? He will hear, 
And keep going. And will increase learning. Mm -hmm. And a man of understanding shall attain to unto wise so, judges. A man who hears the Bible, a man who hears what God says will be wise. They will know how to deal with problems. No matter what the generation, they will know what to do. If they listen to what God says, now come down to verse number seven. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Okay, question everyone. Who, what kind of a person despises wisdom and instruction? What kind of a man or a woman? Fools. Fools. It's not just the radical, um, in-your-face fool. This is anyone who says, you know, we'll handle this our way. It doesn't matter what the Bible says. It's so out of date. It's so irrelevant. It does not apply to this situation. And so they're like a fool who rejects wisdom and instruction. Therefore, problems will continue and they will escalate into more and bigger problems. Well, many factors, but the thing is, uh, hindrances to good changes when people ignore what the Bible says. Now, let's talk about this. Let's talk about future change. Future change. Future change. Now, there is a great change coming. There's a great change coming. A real great change coming. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and also 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Two passages. So with one finger, keep it in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and with the other finger, or perhaps a toe in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Two places. Can you imagine doing that? Chimpanzees could do that, but you're not a chimpanzee, so you can't do that. It's okay if you can't do it. You can't do everything. Would you switch from a human to a chimpanzee? I would not want to do that. Uh, 1 Thessalonians. Timothy, you got it again? Can you give us a chance? Give us a chance. Okay, go ahead. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Now, I haven't gotten there yet. Give me a chance. First Thessalonians. Local kids say First Thessalonians. It's not Thessalonians, it's just Thessalonians. Oh, okay, Timothy, First Thessalonians chapter 4. And come down to verse number 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you are not, even as others which have no hope. Alright, talking to Christians, brethren, he's talking about people who are asleep. This is not a physical sleep, but this is people who have died in Christ. So they are dead, and the Bible says that they're like people who go to sleep, but they'll be awakened again, they'll be resurrected. That's why it says that they are asleep. They have died physically. Verse 14. Okay, let me read verse 15. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep, shall not stop the dead from rising. This is the dead bodies of those who have died before the Lord has come back. Verse 16, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. So where is Jesus coming from? From above, from heaven. Where is heaven? Well, it's not in this solar system. It's not in this universe. It's above the universe. We just saw some video. My wife and I saw some video again about uh, how big this <coughs> universe is. It is so big. It's incredibly big. It is so big. You cannot even imagine how big it is. How many galaxies that there are. It is incredibly big. And God's heaven is above that. But he would descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Verse 17, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now, verse number 16 and 17 is about the rapture. And as, um, as we think about this, this is a great change. This is a great change, a future change, when the Lord will come back to receive his children up into heaven. That's going to be a big change, a great change. What will change? Well, first of all, your bodies will change. Your bodies will change. What will change? What great change, what future change is going to happen? Your body will be changed because you'll be wrapped, you'll be taken up from this world up into 
heaven through the universe up into God's heaven, the third heaven, and you be changed in your physical being. Now come over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let's see who can find it besides, you know, who? Yeah. For Joseph. Okay, I want you to come to 1 Corinthians 15. Joseph, you get verse number 42 through 44. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 42 through 44. And we'll follow with you. Chapter 15 is a resurrection chapter. Some chapters have a great theme to it. This chapter, chapter 15, has the theme of the resurrection. It's about change, a great future change. Verse 42 through 44. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. Oh, oh, excuse me. So also is the resurrection of the dead, the dead saint, his body. It is sown in what way? Corruption, corruption means it has hit the ground. It's beginning to decay. And like in Lazarus' case, he was dead four days. He began to stink. He was stinking already because he'd been dead for four days. So corruption has already begun of the physical human body. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in what way? It is raised in what way? In corruption. What a change. That's a future change. So when a, when a saint dies, he goes to the ground. He could be even cremated. Or he could be buried in a coffin. But one day when the Lord comes back, that physical body will be changed. It's a future change. Now keep reading. Verse number 43. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in health. And 44. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. Oh, okay. Now, the verses are telling us that when the body goes to the ground, it is called, it's only weakness. How more weak can a dead corpse, a dead corpse, how much more, how, how weaker can a corpse be? No life at all. No life, no life blood going to him by the heart. It's dead. It's in dishonor. It's in corruption. It's in weakness. But then it is raised in verse 43. In, in what way? It is raised in power. That's so different. What a great change would take place to the human body. Now, this is all about a future change. Now, let's go back to Job chapter 14. Job chapter 14. You're looking for a job? There's one right here. Job 14, Samuel, Samuel. Job 14 and verse 14. Oh, look at that verse again, everyone. If a man die, shall he live again? When someone dies, will they live again? In all the days of my appointed time, will I wait till my change come? So when a man dies, there will come a time someone's waiting for a change to take place. Job says, it's like he knew the future. It's like he knew 1 Corinthians 15. It's like he knew 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Will I wait till my change come? So he anticipated a future change. Now, what will change when the Lord comes back? Your body will change. What will change at the rapture? Your body will change. Corruption, weakness, to something glorious. Your body will be changed. Remember when Jesus resurrected his body from the grave? Did he have a different body? He did have a different body, a spiritual body, but his spiritual body was recognizable. So that'll be, we believe, that it is true that when you die, you will have some resemblance of your physical being, but it'd be a changed being. Which is to say, will you recognize someone that you know on earth in heaven? Well, they recognize Jesus after his resurrection. He had a glorified body, but he looked like the same Jesus. Well, to explain, same height, same looking man. But he was a different person. 
because he could walk through doors. And then one day, after 40 days, he rose from the dead. Blast off Elon Musk to Mars. No, not to Mars. Back to the third heaven. So they saw him go up. That's a glorified body. And so one day, there's going to be a future change. But wait, there's more. <laughs> there's more. What else would change? So far we talked about the body changing of a Christian. Anything else going to change in the future? Okay, let's talk about the rapture taking place. Do you know what's going to happen that's going to change also in the rapture? Besides Christians rising from the dead, the bodies, or body, soul, and spirit completely at the Lord's return, at the rapture, we go up. Now, oh, by the way, uh, because the Christian has the Holy Spirit in him, the split second that he dies, even before ER pronounces him dead, whenever that person has expired, his soul went to be with Christ immediately, but his body's on the ground. So it's like, I like pistachios. When you open a pistachio, good thing they're cracked, you know? Open the pistachio, what's in the, pista the, the pistachio shell? What's in the pistachio shell? The pistachio! So you crack it open, you take out the pistachio, leave the shell right here. So the shell is like the body, pistachio is like the soul. Okay, so it leaves the pistachio shell. So you pistachios, when the rapture comes, when the Lord takes take you home, he leaves your, sh no, 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 your body's gonna go too. But when you die before Christ, the shell stays back. There's a service for you. Your body's gonna go to the ground. That's the shell. When the Lord comes back, the whole shell and the pistachio goes up. So associate the rapture with the pistachio. All right, now, when the Lord comes back, something else will change. The workplace will change. Now, if you want to know why there's a shortage of workers today, who knows why, I don't know why. You might be right, you might be just guessing. But there's a shortage of workers in every department, it seems like, in society. It seems like people don't want to work. But when the rapture takes place, you know what's going to change? It'd be a great shortage of workers. People who are Christians who went to the office, uh, civil service, uh, DOD, active duty military, uh, government work, federal, state, county, whoever they are, wherever they are, Nurses, doctors, uh, CNAs, mechanics, plumbers, no matter who they are, no matter who they are, if they are saved and the rapture takes place, they won't show up for work the next day. Or they won't report the clock out on that day that they were working. There's going to be a lot of confusion, a lot of people talking, a lot of news people going all around, interviewing people. What happened? What happened? What happened? Where is so and so? There'd be panic all around. People are not going to show up for work. <coughs> The next day, or even more actually, people disappear from work. So you have these guys cutting grass now. Really nice to have the grass all cut in the streets. You have a guy cutting grass. There's 10 guys in this group cutting grass on Leak Leaky Highway or up H3, and they're cutting grass. Somebody turns like that and cutting grass, and he says, Hey, John. Hey, where's John? Hey, where's John? John where's John? They see John's helmet, his goggles, his gloves. His overalls, his weed rock is still running. And his clothes are there. Might be blood there. What happened? Oh, call 911. They run over here. Oh, where is he? There will be great, great confusion as to where John went. And then while that's going on, bus driver coming down, Licky Licky. Bus driver coming on the poly. He's a Christian. He got raptured. All of a sudden, the bus goes like that. Yeah, that's pretty scary. It hits the medium and it bounces back, hits over here. And people are screaming on the bus. People are drinking coffee, goes all over the place. And people, some people are having to hit them. They don't know what's going on. They're still playing the little games over here. Twitter. Oh, yeah. Wow. And they're bouncing around. They don't even know what's going on. And they're screaming going on. There's going to be shock throughout the, the workforce everywhere. In the hospitals, uh, about to deliver a baby, the nurse disappears. <laughs> about to pay a bill. And the, the bank lady or 
wherever it is, they disappear. You say, oh, this is great. <laughs> I'm going to pay my bill. Oh, it's going to be such a weird time. And all over the world, all over the world, people are going to be disappearing. Christians are. And uh, air, can you imagine airplane pilot? Co-pilot, co-pilot, co-pilot. I just went to the restroom and I came back and nobody's flying the plane. Oh, no. And he says, well, I got all the pilot. No problem. So there's going to be some some uh, reasoning and some, okay, let's let's calm down now. Let's not get pictured about this. But people are going to be missing. It's going to be catastrophic. So not only will your bodies change, but the world's going to change and the workplace will be empty. There'll be a lot of no-shows for work. Mr. Carlton goes to work and he says, all right. Okay, half my crew is gone for today. I know it. I know it. I know what's wrong. Surf's up. These guys always don't show up to work when surf's up, and they do that. He's going to say, okay, I'm going to fire these guys. <laughs> well, they got raptured, Carlton. Wait a minute. What's Carlton doing here still? <laughs> he should have gone too. <laughs> oh, boy. And the home will change. You know, there was a time which they had missing children on milk carton. Remember that? Missing children of milk cartons. Now they're going to be missing parents, missing siblings. The world will be changed in the home. Mom is supposed to, a lot of moms go to work nowadays. Some moms do, but it's rare. A lot of moms go to work. Mom didn't come home. She didn't call. Did mom call? Did she send a text? She calls mom, 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 hello, mom. And there's a message there. Please leave a message. I'll get back to you soon away. She never gets back to them because she's gone. She's been raptured. Dad's supposed to come in 5.30, but Dad never shows up. Hey, did Dad call? Did he leave a message? Let me check. No, he didn't leave a message. Let me call Dad. Now, there's a lot of fear coming on now to the kids. Dad didn't call. Where, where is he? Where is he? They don't know what's going on. There's panic in the home. The home will be forever changed because some of the people in the home have been raptured while others are left behind. Well, the workplace will be changed. The home will be changed. You will be changed, but something else will change in the future. Turn to Revelation 19. This is, of course, the second coming. The second coming. The first part of the second coming is the rapture. And then now we have, in Revelation chapter 19, we will not spend a lot of time here just to refer to this place. Revelation 19, verse 11 through uh, 21. When the Lord comes back at the second coming, his feet touch the ground is the key to know the difference between the rapture and the revelation of Christ. At the rapture, he comes down in the clouds. We go up to meet him. And, but at the second coming, we come down with him like armies to touch the ground at Jerusalem. And so that's Revelation 19. The second coming of Christ, what will change when the Lord comes back to this world? What will change? Think about it. What will change when the Lord comes back? Now, at the rapture, we know what changed. We changed. We changed. The world changed below us because they're missing us. We're gone. Homes changed because some people are missing from the home. But at the second coming of Christ, what will change? The physical world will change. The physical world will be changed. The nature of the beast will be changed. Let me read a verse or two from Isaiah. Isaiah speaks a lot about the Lord coming back. Isaiah chapter 65 Verse 25. And, and let's turn over there. Isaiah 65, verse 25. Let's see if you can find it before um, 2 o'clock this morning. Isaiah 65, verse 25. Isaiah 65, 25. When the Lord comes back, the natural will be changed. Just so read it a lot, please. As loud as you can, like you got a megaphone. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. Oh, excuse me. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together? Wait a minute. A wolf eats lambs. Lambs run from the wolf. But it says the wolf and the lamb shall feed together. Keep going. And the lion shall eat straw like the bullock. Oh, 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 oh. lions eating straw like the bullock? Like cattle? Wait a minute. Something is wrong here. Right now, have you ever seen a lion not go after a bull or a cattle or a cow and instead go for straw and grass? Have you seen that ever happen? Mm -mm. Have you seen right now a wolf and a lamb taking a nap together in a barn? Uh-uh. That's now. But we're not talking about now. We're talking about the future. A future change. Keep reading. And the yes. lion shall. And dust shall be the serpent's meat. They shall not 
So when the kingdom is established, the nature itself of this world will be changed. So the nature of a, a, a bear, a nature of a, you know, polar bears, they live on meat. They don't eat grass like other bears, grizzly bears, black bears. Uh, they eat berries and things like that, but they also eat flesh, salmon especially. But polar bears only live on flesh. They're very dangerous. Do you know that the tiger, the tiger has longer and sharper teeth than a, a lion? Okay, this is about where my thumb is. That's about, would you say, friend, it's about three inches, three and a half, one inch, two inches, three, would you say this is about three inches or more? How about three, three and a half, maybe? Okay, this is about three inches. That is how long the canines are of a tiger. Longer than a lion's. When they grab and bite, they don't let go. But over here, in the Millennial Kingdom, there's going to be a future change where carnivorous animals are no longer carnivorous. They all eat wheat, cornflakes, and Cheerios, and mush, and oatmeal. They will continue eating blueberries and still go for honey, but they won't go for the lamb. The nature of the beast has been changed. That's a future change. Isaiah 11 verse 6 says this, The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid. Ah, uh, really? And the calf and the young lion and the fatling together. The calf, the young lion, and the fatling together? That's not normal. It's not normal because there's a change of nature in the millennial kingdom. And a little child shall lead them. That's pretty funny. Can you imagine Caleb leading a lion on the little leash? Really? Come here. Come here. Come here, kitty cat. And the, kitty, the lion obeys him. And then Caleb says, okay, I'm tired. Sit. And the lion sits and goes like that. And Caleb says, lie down. And the lion lies down. He says, I'm going to take a nap too. And he gets the group cut and puts his head on his back and just falls asleep. Now, that is very unusual. That's not natural. But this is the future, a future change. Nothing, something else is going to change in the future. There's another change besides the nature of the beast is changing. The earth itself is changed. But there's something else. Something else is going to change. This is going to be really good. The millennial kingdom, once it's getting going, once it's established, will be very good to be in because the political system will be changed. Oh, wait a minute now. Political system will be changed? Revelation 12.5. Look at this verse with me. Revelation 12.5. Revelation 12.5. Political system will be changed. Here's what the Bible says. And she brought forth a man-child, a man-child, who was to rule all nations. But there's only one king that's going to rule all nations. All nations. Who shall rule all nations with a rod of iron, with complete authority, with complete control, demanding complete obedience and getting it. She shall bring forth a child who shall rule all nations with the rod of iron. That's about Jesus Christ on earth. Here's another verse to connect to that one. Isaiah 16. Isaiah 16 verse number 5. 16 5. Isaiah 16 5. Future changes. Isaiah 16 5. And in mercy shall the throne be established, and he shall sit upon it in truth. In the tabernacle of David, judging and seeking judgment and hasting righteousness. Now that whole verse talks about a king ruling like a monarch with complete authority. This is a good king. This is a righteous king, and he is hasting righteousness. He sits upon his throne in truth. Now, right now, the application is very obvious. Right now, people who are in authority, even judges, they do not rule righteously. They have been tainted. They have been corrupted. They're open to their own personal views, and therefore they, they see things through their own lens. And another and agendas seem to not seem 
agenda overrules the law. But when the Lord rules from Jerusalem on his throne, he sits upon it in truth, judging the truth by truth, seeking judgment and hasting righteousness. So this king that will come will change everything politically and in a governmental way. He will do things right. And people who have a grievance against another for some reason the kingdom, he is going to judge righteously and give and render a right judgment. Um, uh, our friend Michael, little Michael Lee, called the other day says, oh, I got to go jury duty. I said, oh. He says, but I, my first time, I don't know what to do. I said, well, what's the paper say? He tells me, I said, he says, can I, can I ask you? I said, yeah, okay. Um, so it is not just any jury, Francis. It is a, it is a um, grand jury. It's a grand jury, 18 months. 18, he went Tuesday, first day, to see if he was qualified. They selected the jury on that day. He has to come back every two weeks, once every two weeks for 18 months. He'll get compensation. The whole thing will pay him for being on jury duty. I said, Michael, don't you ever get fired because that's a great job that you have. They're going to pay you for not working. That's pretty good. 18 months, once every two weeks. It's a big case. Which case could this be? They didn't tell him. What do you think it is? Grand jury. 18 months. Well, 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 I think some of you may know who this is about, but uh, he doesn't know. Now, when the Lord's ruling, he won't need a jury. He won't need to screen jurors, potential jurors. He just say, I'm going to be the judge and jury and myself. And you can be sure one thing, people, he says, I will rule righteously. I will render a right judgment. It'll be fair and square. No one can say, not fair. No one can say, no, you didn't get all the evidence. No one can say any of these things because he will rule one day. Now, in Israel's history, especially in the nation of Judah, the southern kingdom, there were about eight judges or eight kings that were pretty good. About eight of them. Some were kids, some were adults. Some of them ruled for a long time, some of them ruled for a short time. But all of them had flaws. They all, some of them did not bring down the high places. But they took away idolatry. One king even got rid of his mother. That's how righteous he was. But they all had their flaws. But this king on the throne in the future, he will rule perfectly. Perfectly. And so these are some things that you look forward to, changes in the future. Laws will be enforced. There'll be no bribery. No deals behind closed doors. Uh, there's no following the money trail at all like today like it has been going on for a long time, not only in America, where money talks and people compromise their character, their reputation, even their own families for the love of money because it is the root of all evil. And so somewhere along the line, there's going to be this temptation to compromise your personal character. You will violate what you were sworn to office for because of the money or because of threats. But this king will not be threatened. This king will not be bribed. He's just going to rule righteously. So people who love righteousness look forward to this day. People who are crooked don't look forward to this day. Because he will not be bought off. He's going to say, this is right, this is wrong. And that's all there is to it. Fair judge. So these are some future changes. So today I talked about routine changes, unexpected changes. Social, cultural changes. Hindrances to change and then the future change Now, why would you want to change in the first place? Well, probably because it means you need to change People who need to change um, Should be encouraged because we can change God can still change us He changes us from glory to glory level at a time step at a time Maybe not all at once, but for sure day by day step at a time so Changes, changes is good many times. Sometimes change is resisted because we don't want to change. We're stuck in our ways. We're like a pharaoh. We just 
We're not going to change our mind. We're going to do it this way. That's it. But change is good. And change means, change means growth. Change means growth. Change sometimes means you have to do something you don't want to do. You have to do something that is unpleasant personally. But change is a must. We change because the Bible is a book of changing. We change. Uh, if you were saved, if you were saved, uh, let me put it like this. If you were saved at 40 years old, you have a lot of baggage in your life as a Christian. 40 years of doing things your way. Now they're just saved. You're learning how to be a disciple. You're learning how to be humble. You're learning how to be cooperative. You're learning how to be uh, kind. You're learning how to be patient. You're learning how to develop the fruit of the Spirit. And it might be hard for someone who's been saved uh, after living so long for himself for 40 years. Child saved at 10, 7, 15. A little bit different. They have uh, less baggage to deal with, but they still have baggage. They still have stubbornness about them and so on. And we still set in our own ways. But uh, no matter what point we got saved, change is always possible. If we let God change us, if we don't become a hindrance and make excuses, or if we don't uh, blame somebody else, or if we ignore the, the obvious and we let God speak to us and He changes us by His Word. So change. You should always be changing for the better for Jesus Christ. Change, change, change. It's good to see people change for the better. It's not good to see people change to go in the wrong direction. I'll close with this bad illustration. It's about people who um, they know the Bible, but then they change because they're influenced by things online. And they begin to change their doctrine. They begin to change their feeling about things. They begin to change how they view certain issues in life. They begin to say, what's wrong with women pastors? What's wrong with women preachers? What's wrong with that? I mean, God can use anybody, right? Well, that's what their reasoning is. They can change from a position to a more tolerant position. Well, some change is good, some change is bad. That's a bad change. A good change is, okay, I'm going to follow Christ a little bit more uh, diligently now. I'll hold back my temper a little bit more uh, seriously now. Uh, I'll stop being such a grouch. I'll stop being such a suspicious person. Uh, I'll be more as I want. I should be as a Christian. See, so there's good changes that has to be coming if you are sincerely born again. All right. Well, I'm not going to change because that's how I am. I've been like for 50 years. Well, that's a pretty stubborn attitude to have. Well, you know, uh, I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to do that because I've never done that and uh, I might be embarrassed and uh, I, I, it's not comfortable and so I'm not going to try that. But if the Lord is, is telling you to do something that's a normal routine Christian thing, you should be open to doing something that you're not used to doing. That's right. Because that's how God changes you. He puts pressure on you. Now, anybody ever lifted dumbbells picked up a different kind of fell over? Tripped. Bad taste, sorry, apologize. You ever do dumbbells or do weights? If you haven't done it, the first one is really hard. Just the bar itself weighs so many pounds. <laughs> Just the bar itself. <laughs> then you put on one pound on each side. You put the collar on, tighten it, and it's a little hard. But then as you keep working on it, after a few months, you begin to add 10 pounds on each side. And you keep adding the weight. And as you add on the weight, as you put pressure on your muscles, you begin to develop more muscle strength. And when you develop muscle strength, the muscle strength shows up in muscle size. And when you develop muscle size, you feel good about yourself. You think you can conquer the world. You think you are Alexander the Great again. <laughs> well, you just feel strong. You feel good. That's a good feeling. But you don't get that unless you have pressure on your body. Now, you can overdo it. And God doesn't overdo it with you. He lets you handle all the weight you can handle. And as you handle that weight, he'll give you another piece of weight add on to that barbell or that dumbbell or that curling bar so that you can develop more strength. So little by little, little by little, he wants you to change. Uh, every boy, every every boy changes. Yeah, there is squeaky voice like this at a certain age. All of a sudden the voice comes real low like that. Something's happened to the body. It's natural. The natural change. And then it's there. And Francis, there's your, there's your base, Francis, right there. Right there. It's natural, these changes. And we should just change for Jesus Christ in spiritual sense. Okay, let's pray. Lord, help us to not resist change, but uh, 
uh, to change because the word says so about certain issues of our life. And we pray that you help us to realize that we are not content to stay the same in character or in spiritual growth. Help us to change and to be more conformed to your son's image. And we thank you for the future change that's going to come. We believe it's true. And uh, we are glad that this life is not all that there is. This political system, this cultural system, is not going to always be around. One day you're going to step in and change everything. In the meantime, help us to just be faithful to do our part to change some things in our own world, in our own circle of influence. One here, one there, a little bit here, a little bit there. So help us to be faithful in the small things that pray in Jesus' name. Amen.